Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening and welcome to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, Ross Flournoy of Apex Manor. Flournoy first made waves in the L.A. scene with The Broke Down, the band that would eventually become the indie darlings The Broken West. The Broken West toured nationally, garnered critical praise and a loyal fan base, and then the band folded in 2009. Flournoy then cured a case of writer's block with a little help from NPR and picked up where he'd left off and founded his new band, Apex Manor. Welcome to Independence Day, Ross. Thanks for having us. It's a, it's wonderful to have you. Now, you say us. Uh, yeah, sorry. Got, I'm, with, I'm with Brian Whelan. You've got your Chewbacca. Yeah, my Chewbacca. <laughs> got your wingman over there. You, so, guys yeah. are, you guys are like the dynamic duo of modern L.A. like indie rock we music. Run, we run this town. Because you know you guys have got a fairly uh, you do you've got a fairly reciprocal uh, arrangement with uh, Brian's band Wheelhouse in right. which you each play guitar in the other's band. Right. Yeah, and you had Brian on. We were trying to remember earlier. Was it was that February or was that it was April? it was I think it was March. March. He okay. was one of our yeah. first guests, and again, thank you to the both of you. Thanks, Brian, for coming on here. And then you, Ross, you were supposed to be here initially. I think about three weeks ago, but you had a very Spinal Tap esque bizarre <laughs> bicycle accident. Why don't, yeah. you, why don't you tell us why you why you weren't here a couple of weeks ago? I got run over by a kid on a bicycle. Yeah, and I broke a rib. Yeah, and, and uh, did they did they put you in like the big cast with the? No, there's the nothing arms. you can do for a broken rib except yeah. just get someone super doped up so they don't feel the pain. <laughs> Lay around and drink scotch. Yeah, drink scotch and take a lot of Vicodin. Um, no, there's nothing they can't uh, they can't put you in. A, you know, there's nothing. It's a rib, so it's yeah, you yeah. Know, you can't put it in a cast. Just don't uh, run any marathons while you're. Uh, there was never any danger of me doing that, but uh, but yeah, so you have to sort of take it easy and just and eat the Vicodin. So yeah, I, I've had some of that stuff before, man. I I couldn't handle being a pill guy. It's yeah. it's it's far too. Um, sorry, it's very Salvador Dali. Yeah, <laughs> you know it can be if you eat enough of them. You yeah, know? I mean, what I get just maybe I'm just a lightweight. It doesn't take much for me. I'd had yeah. some dental work done, and oh, like, did you get like your wisdom teeth out? Uh, yeah, like a, a, a what's it called? I had a crown redone, like a root oh, canal okay. redone, yeah. which is you know like a roto rooter in your mouth. It's awful, but I, I took one. I, like I, I took one and then like sat down to watch. Uh, just a like a TV show of some kind, and like didn't notice what had happened while I was seated, yeah. and then I tried to get up about sixty minutes later, and it was like, oh well, I wish it were like that for me. Now it's at the point where I have to take like four just to feel feel halfway decent. Yeah, you know? so that's that's I'm not that's sure cool. if that's a good thing or bad yeah. thing. But it is what it is. Well, I ran out, so that sucks too. You know, <laughs> right? You know about that little fella? That's true. I know all about that. I mean, yeah. you saw you saw yesterday was when I ran out. I was kind of I yeah. saw I was in a bad mood. Ran out, yeah. so, and this is uh, this is Brian Whelan. We have we have yeah. like I said, oh, the sorry, dy- yeah. we have the Hi, dynamic duel. I'm, I'm Brian Whelan. Yeah. I'm here to say that Ross was in a very bad mood yesterday. These that, uh, that rhymed. <laughs> these two gentlemen are the frontmen, respectively, of Apex Manor and of Wheelhouse, and they, they play in each other's bands. They play guitar in each other's bands, which I guess saves on manpower quite a bit because it's a whole other like person you don't have to keep up with because you're always at each other's rehearsals and performances right and we also have this arrangement and in all honesty i'm not kidding that we don't have to pay each other so yeah. like when when wheelhouse does a gig like brian will pay everyone else in the band except for me uh-huh. and then when i'm on tour i'll try to pay well god bless his soul andy creighton um but uh, i did not pay him but uh you know other guys in the band that needed a little money i would give yeah. them money and brian i never have to pay because I pay, you know, I play in his band, so it's yeah, little... and you pay him in love. Yeah, it's quid pro quo. Yeah, it's a good deal, I think. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. So now, 
I knew of you guys when it started out. You guys were actually the Broke Down, which I always was one of my favorite band names going at the time. Right. And then you know, like typical, there's like probably 17 different Broke Downs right. in any state in any given time. And they all so. Yeah, well, of course, except for except you. For us, yeah. And so, did you guys? Was this a label thing? Once you guys got kind of signed, or did they, did they decide that you guys had to change it, or did you actually receive like a cease and desist letter from somebody? Like, I've always wondered. Like, everybody who changes their band name, was it an internal thing or a label thing, or did somebody no, else tell threatened. you to knock we got it threatened off? Threatened with the lawsuit. Yeah. Which which broke down? I'm curious. Which which which, which city were they These in? These clowns in Illinois. They're from Illinois. Rural Illinois. No offense. I know you're from that state, but. Uh, but anyway, there are a yeah, lot of clowns in California too. That's so true. That's true. Yeah, we're all. It's, it all evens out in the end. But yeah, these well, kids. Well, these were, clowns happen to be. <laughs> they're from Illinois, right? They're from Illinois. Yeah, I don't know. They were from like huge yeah. clowns. Yeah, from yeah. like I don't know, maybe from Champagne. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, but the record. So we were about to put out our first record on Merge, and it was literally about to go to the press to to be printed up and and. Yeah, sent out and uh, and we got a cease and desist. Yeah, okay. Like forty eight hours beforehand. And so. once the lawyer stuff wasn't printed though, yeah, was it? It was just about to go. Okay, there. well that's so it was good. good timing. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It's like there's not a good time for that to happen, but there are better times. Exactly. For that yeah, it would have it would have been really bad if it had happened after all the records have been printed. Right. Up. So and then you settled on you had had already been signed by Merge at that point, mm-hmm. which is yeah. your label. Tell yeah. me about your relationship with them. Like how did how did that start? Did they find you? Did you find them? Like well, how did that go? Um. I think it was a little of both. We opened for uh, Mac, who's one of the owners of Merge. Uh, he has a, a project called Port Aesthetic, and the Brokedown opened for him in L.A. at Spaceland in September of '05. And we gave him an EP because we had self-released one at that point. And and then also, but we'd heard that he'd, he'd had a copy of it before then, and we heard that maybe they liked it um, through another channel. But we gave him another copy, and then... Um, and then I just kind of, I sort of started emailing him. And then for the next nine months, we were making our, what would be our first record for Merge and our first full length as a band. Uh, we were making that on our own over the course of those nine months. And I was kind of just staying in touch with Mac and I would send him rough mixes and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, he seemed to be receptive, but there was never any sort of, it was very casual. And then uh, about nine months or 10 months after that show in September of 05, I think it was July of 06, he finally wrote and he was like, you know, are you guys done with this yet? And uh, done with the record and um, and that and then we sort of hopped into gear and finished the record and then uh-huh. we sent it to him. And then two weeks after he got it, they uh, called us. He called us and said, we want to put this out. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's good yeah. to. That's that seems to be a scenario nowadays where once upon a time bands would be making records and it would be financed by the label. Right. And now it seems to kind of be the other way around where bands largely. You know, and some of this is through technology that, you know, the technology becoming more widely available, Pro Tools, you know, even other software programs that are, you can do an album in GarageBand if sure. you wanted to. Yeah. Um, people doing things on their own and then shopping it around to labels. You know, right. it's, it's like it's been flipped on its head. Yeah. So it definitely fit that model, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, they ended up, they gave us, uh, they gave us an advance, uh, even, so even though we had finished the record, so that kind uh-huh. of, we were able to recoup the, you know, what we had spent on making the record. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, I think uh, I think in this day and age, it's not you know you, there's no point in anyone trying to, you know, and, and I've heard this from a lot of it's just, I mean everyone in this business, it's like you you come to the table with the best sounding product you can, and everybody basically knows that you can make something sound album quality at home. Right. So there's no more room for some BS that you've done on like a handheld tape recorder that right. that's going to be. Or if you sufficient. do, it's intentionally lo-fi. Well, right, sure. There's that route too. Exactly. Aesthetic. But but if there's no excuse for you know, it's like anyone 
can scrape together the money and get a you know a really cheap uh, laptop and and then I mean I think there's even I think there's recording software online that's free yeah so it's like you can make it sound really good really cheap yeah yeah and you really only need you know if you have any studio acumen whatsoever you need like a mic cable like an SM57 yeah. in a good set of ears, yeah, you know, right. and a computer, of yeah, course. And exactly. that's pretty much what you can do your record with. Yeah. But you guys, when you did you know, that first The Broken West record, you right. guys did that in an actual studio, though. We did, I mean, and that was before, uh, I don't think any of us really owned, <laughs> we didn't own computers then. I know I didn't. I don't think you did either. I didn't. Yeah, we were pretty, actually, just with none of us. I mean, that, this was in 05, so it wasn't that long ago, but it kind yeah. of was. It's, I mean, it's, it's like, changed so yeah, much I mean, so we quickly. all had, you know, none of us had a, a laptop, so like doing it at home wasn't an option then. So we had to, you know, we went into a studio. To do yeah. We recorded that one with Raymond Richards. Yeah, who has a studio in Echo Park called... Uh-huh. Uh, 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 it's not in Echo Park. Sorry, Rancho Park. Um, what's it What's it called? Red, it's Red called Ro- Red, Red Rocket Square. Yeah. Okay. And, um, it's a rancho park. Yeah, so we went and did did it there, and um, and then the the second Broken West record we also did in a studio. You know? Yeah, and the, but that was was that up north? Yeah, or that was in Sacramento. Yeah. Okay, and so it's it's actually good I think to get bands out of their home turf when it's time to make a record because uh, it gets people out of as when I've produced records in the past it kind of gets the band out of their element like nobody's girlfriend is calling to say. You know, oh, we've got to go to my sister's birthday right. party, or hey, will you bring home some milk? When right. You come home from the studio at five in the morning. Right. You know, it's right. like it really allows you to focus right. on what you're doing. So, and you stayed up there, right? When you did, you did these, yeah, we did because it's we, too far to kind of come home yeah, from Sacramento. We, we did three one week stints. Okay. Up there and uh, and unfortunately, that's actually becoming less and less true. What you just said, I think that's the original idea. That's the good idea to go yeah. away from your home. But now with iPads and right. laptops and Blackberries and iPhones, no one's ever. Uh, yeah. Really. Well, but you don't un- have to un- go. Focused, you you don't have to go that far. Like when I was in Chicago, we would just go right around Lake Michigan, which was. Yeah. I'm not even sure if it was 60 miles away. Yeah. You could conceivably go home if you wanted to, and it was a very friendly studio. Was, you know, I knew the guy really, really well, and he would just let us stay there. Right. So you know, there were accommodations. I mean, it wasn't like some kind of plush, you know, upstate New York resort. You know, right. with like right. masseuses and sushi chefs and all that kind of stuff. But but we had our own place. Yeah. You know, to kind of hang, and then he would go home. You know, and we would sit and listen to our favorite records on his Genelec studio monitors, and he would come back the next day, and we'd get back to work. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're right. That has changed, but you don't have to go far. Even if you go into the woods, some some guy in the band is still going to have an iPhone, and he's still going to be getting text messages from from his girlfriend. Yeah, and again, that guy's me. And that has that has changed in the past five years because the last time I did that, there weren't nobody had a smartphone. Exactly, people yeah, barely had right. cell phones. Yeah, and w- when we did the record in, in Sacramento, it's like no one. I mean, we had. I think I had a BlackBerry, but like, and Danny had an iPhone. But that was at the very beginning of all that. Yeah. You know, when we when we did the first record in Rancho Park, it was uh, you know everyone just had you know cell phones, There's right? No emails or anything. You know, so yeah, yeah. You really yeah, yeah. could focus then. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then the newest record, the Apex Manor record, which is called the the Year of Magical Drinking, yeah. correct? Not my Year of Magical Drinking. It's the year, yeah. It, would it be your year of magical? It drinking? was. It was. Yeah. Still, okay. still going on. Yeah. It's 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 a never ending year. Yeah. So tell me about that. I mean, you. So the okay. Let's 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 backtrack just a little bit first. Actually, I want to talk just a little bit more. You know, how was it that the that the Broken West kind of came to not be? Mm, typical band stuff. People yeah. I'm not getting along. Because you by that point you guys had been together largely, but for how long? Um, we were together for like five years. Yeah. Yeah. And you did some pretty extensive touring. Like you guys were we all did. the way to the East Coast. Yeah. We did a bunch of touring and, um, you know, we did two records and an EP. And I think at the end of the day, it was just, yeah, we were kind of sick of each other. Yeah. And Everything has a life cycle. Yeah. And especially I've noticed from bands, if, if the band doesn't get like huge success. Right. 
then it has a shorter life cycle. If it has, a, if if you get a lot of success, it has a longer life cycle. But then it also it can fall apart for but, apart but for too. different reasons. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like if it's but if it's a band and everybody's working and they're they're you're touring in a van. Like if you never get out of the van, I think it's much harder to keep a band together. That's very true. And the, as people get older, they get girlfriends and yeah. Yeah, the van was. The, I think the van. Wouldn't you say the van was really hard for us for the Broken West? I, I would say, yeah. I think the van is probably hard for most bands, especially if they have more than three people in the band. Yeah. Or the organization. Yeah. If you have three guys in a van, that could that could work. Yeah, it's like the police. That's probably why they stayed together so long. There were only three mm -hmm. of them, and they hate yeah. each other. And they hate, and they each, hate other. each other. That's because they could each get their own bench. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. It's all about the bench. <laughs> they each the have their own bench. They can spread out. Yeah. Yeah. So here's here's something I, I like to ask every band. Uh, who gets to is is the driver like the rule in your touring van is that the driver gets to choose the music? Yeah, I think pretty so, much, right? pretty much. Yeah. And who has the worst taste in this band? Like who who drives and you're like, oh god, I can't wait till they, they, that guy doesn't drive so he doesn't play that that album that I'm tired of hearing. I would say Andy Creighton, like not not necessarily the worst taste. He has the most extreme taste. It's like okay. he's turned us on to stuff that I never ever had heard of. That's amazing and has changed my life. And then yeah. but the other. End of the spectrum is. He's, I, he's I don't think we the, should be too hard on Andy here. I, I'm not trying to. Because last time we were in here, we dumped all over him. But I think it's, that it's we all should. out of love, man. No, it, well, I love. It, we love Andy. Craig, well, but we've but toured I, with some guys who like. Oh, very oh, questionable I, I was just taste. thinking of the most recent recent yeah. tour. And so Andy has like an encyclopedic knowledge of pop music, and so yeah. he really does. I mean, it can be every. You know, he turns us on to stuff that we've never heard of. So yeah. some of it's really awesome, and some of it's bad. I mean, I, there were some guys in the Broken West that had really bad taste, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, definitely. Like the like the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Oh, well, that's, yeah. I would that consider that yeah. to be an extremely good taste. <laughs> <laughs> that may come back to haunt us. Well, I <laughs> so mean, we had we had one guy who would we were definitely on like the '70s classic rock diet. Like yeah. we would go we would go south and we'd be there for three three or four or five hours. Yeah, just you know on like a shuffling iPod that only played music from 1977. Yeah. There's a quarter in Florida you, or Tulsa. I tell you what, man, you could pick a worse year though. <laughs> yeah. For, for, for if you're going to be true. stuck on a year. Yeah. Although I guess you had, I guess that was before the long run. That's, yeah. When it was long oh, run? Seventy nine. Seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rereading this book now called Mansion on the Hill. You ever read that book by no. Fred Goodman? It's no. about a uh, lot, lot of stuff on the Eagles on that. And, yeah. Uh, I'd forgotten that Desperado is their second record. Yeah. 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 The first record uh, was self-titled, was self -titled yeah. and it had it had. Uh, well, they had a lot. Of, they sold a lot of records. Take it easy. Take it easy. Witchy woman. And had some. They, that's the funny thing. I used to be the biggest Eagles fan in the world, and they had, but they had so much filler. And now, now that I'm older and can like look back, I mean, I guess your taste just changed over time. I look back and think, good God, like how did I make it through that filler material? Like at the time, I knew it wasn't like a list material, right. but I just kind of listened to it because back then it wasn't. It was just cassettes. You couldn't just skip. You couldn't right. You just, right. just let the damn thing play. Right. But now it's like I would never stand for some of those some of those tracks around those records and they I'm sure they spent millions of dollars in cocaine alone making those B, <laughs> right. those B level C grade songs. I'll tell you actually back to Andy Crane for a moment. That's one of the things that I really love about him is that he's a guy who uh he loves music so much and he loves records so much that like he will listen to every song and it's like but but so a lot of it is kind of it's like separating yeah. the wheat from the chaff and so like a lot right. of it is really bad but Andy will find the like the fourth song on the B-side of like a Yes record yeah. from the mid 70s that's actually amazing yeah. and you never would have heard it because no yeah. one's paid attention but Andy found it and you have to dig deep there the, yeah. those there are those diamonds in the rough but sometimes you have to dig you to find dig it really you know and, and, yeah. and in terms of Andy's taste you take the good with the bad you yeah. know and, and just allow it to kind of push your boundaries maybe a little bit yeah. so let's let's bring it back to what you guys have 
done this newest record. You know, the, the old band had split up, right. and then uh, I want to talk about writer's block in just a few minutes. But I really want to give people a taste of this new record, so they, right. get, you know, it's, it's been out since Jul- or, I'm sorry, January. January, yeah, it's not yet July. Yeah, uh, it came out in January, uh, and it's also on Merge, which is the same label that right, uh, as the Broken, the, West. As the Broken yeah. West was on. Uh, we're going to hear a track from that in just a second, but. So, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll come back to the writer's block, but tell me a little bit about this new record. Like, how long ago did that process start? How long ago from the Broken West Disillusion did you start working on that material, or were there songs that you'd already started working on that might have actually been Broken West songs that then kind of got retasked to this? Well, I, and I've said this before in other interviews, I, I think they, they all would have, I mean, this, this would have been the third Broken West record. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, Dan, the, the difference is that, like, Danny was a major songwriting force in... In the Broken West, Dan Aid, who was a guitar player, but um, but I still wrote a lot of the stuff in the Broken West, so this would have been a Broken West record. Okay. Um, but yeah, I started, I guess, like summer of '09, writing this record. Okay. Um, a few things were written before that, but that's kind of when I started in earnest. Okay. So why don't we hear something from that? This is going to be a track. This is called "Under the Gun," which is uh, which is from the uh, year of magical drinking. This is Ross. Flournoy. We've also got Brian Whelan riding shotgun here on Independence Day. You can listen to us on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night from 7 to 8 p.m. here on Lancer Radio, which is 89.1 FM and streaming live on lancerradio.org. You can follow us at Day if you're into the Twitter, or you can also check up on us on the internet proper, joearmstrong.com slash ID, and that's capital ID for Independence Day. In the meantime, let's hear Ross Flournoy and his new band, Apex Manor. This is Under the Gun from Year of Magical Drinking.
ladies and gentlemen, moms and dads, children of all ages, you are listening to Independence Day on Lancer Radio. My name is Joe Armstrong. I am your host. I, every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock here in Pasadena, I bring you the finest bands from Los Angeles and beyond. We talk about the music business, what it's like to be a musician in 2011, what it might have been like to be a musician before technology took over everything, and how we're all trying to deal with it and make sense of it. Everything about making records has changed. And uh, But we're still making records. And tonight, here in studio, I have Ross Flournoy and Brian Whelan from the band Apex Manor uh, slash Wheelhouse. But tonight is the night we focus on Apex Manor. Ross is the front man for that band. Ross, thank you again a million times over for being here. Thanks for having us. It's wonderful. Having me and having Brian. Absolutely. It's great to see you. It's always a pleasure to see you guys. It's always great to see you guys play. I just saw you play with Wheelhouse. I think it was just a week ago Sunday yeah. at uh, the Grand Ole Echo right. doing that show. And Eugene, I was surprised to walk in and see Eugene yeah. playing guitar. How long has he been involved in this whole thing, or is he just kind of showing up? Uh, he just did this one gig, and he did yeah. one last summer. He kind of he comes and goes. Yeah. He does special gigs. Yeah. He's uh he's something else. He's you something know, he, else. He brings a lot to the table. Oh, he's amazing. And uh, that's Eugene Edwards we're talking about, and we are in negotiations. Have you had him on? We had him on the preternatural. It was an abridged version. It was an hour long, right? Yeah, we had him on like the the very first like kind of like prenatal beta yeah, version he of the do show. A full one. A year he has ago. a lot to say on these subjects. Right. And I've been talking to Gene for the past about month or so. We had a date picked for him, but then we had to pull the plug on it because of a scheduling change. And that's actually next week he was going to be on. Okay. On we have uh, Angelo Korea and, from Koreatown yeah. coming oh, cool. on. Who's fantastic? Yeah. Um, and then, but Eugene, we'll get him on before too terribly long. He's a good friend and a great musician, and I'm I'm eager to have him on for the full hour so yeah. we can talk about stuff. So, back to you. So again, thank you. And we're talking about your new record, which is Year of Magical Drinking, the first record under your Apex Manor moniker. Where did you come up with the name Apex Manor? My friend Adam, who uh, who who is also in the band, he plays keys, and uh, he and I write songs together. He used to live in an apartment um, in Silver Lake on a street called Apex. Uh huh. It's actually he lived in a duplex, and um, and I just started calling that place Apex Manor. This was three or four years ago, and then it really came down on the wire to give Merge a, a band name for this thing because um, I didn't want to have it under my name. Right, and so. Any, why did you not want to have it under your name? No one can I, pronounce my last name. Yeah, am I pronouncing it even close? Let me hear. Flournoy. That's it. All right, you got it. Well, somebody can pronounce well, it. Well, one, one, you're one out of ten. <laughs> you know, most people really butcher it. So, uh, so yeah, and so yeah, I came down to the wire and uh, kind of liked. I just liked the sound of that. Yeah, and you don't want to go like the the Bono pretentious route and just be like Flournoy Ross or Ross. <laughs> yeah. I should have done that. You should have done balls, that. I just done Ross. That. Yeah. yeah. Ross. You go see Ross play. Yeah. Yeah. Should have spelled it R-A-W-S. Yeah, man. We wanted yeah, to be... Took uh, you a minute to get that one, didn't it, buddy? Yeah, we wanted to be in a band... Still uh, I still don't get it. <laughs> we wanted to name a band Hoss at one point, because my grandfather from the Southeast used to call us with his little whistle <laughs> on his ass. We'd call, you know, call all of his grandkids, Hey, Hoss, what you doing? You yeah, know? that's good, yeah. And, you know, and... But we couldn't figure out if it was if he was using Hoss from was it Bonanza? There was a character named Hoss, I think, or was it Big Valley? One of those like seven sixties cowboy shows. Yeah. But I think it was H A U S Hoss. H O H O. Okay. So the idea was, but then we tried to you know we were going to be Hoss, but it was the same thing you ran into with the breakdown. Right. There was this guy who had patented the name. He was a one armed guitar playing man from one of the Carolinas who had. <laughs> trademark the name who had a lawyer in new york he had a lawyer somewhere yeah. or other and he, we didn't go for so far as to get the letter but yeah. we just decided to circumvent it that before we even try always so. avoid that when you can't yeah for, we, we want to keep as many lawyers yeah. away keep from the lawyers out of it yeah. yeah yeah so all right so you got the name from a, a place and then you kind of it seemed like you just kind of put in a lot of calls to folks that you knew from around town yeah to be um, in the band i mean that's right yeah and and for the recording part brian was a co-producer on the record and um 
and Brian and I played, I would say, most of the stuff on the record. Sorry, I keep looking at him and going off mic. But um, he's but, there. Trust me, yeah. he's not going anywhere. But Andy Creighton, who we have spoken spoken about at great length, uh, played drums on I think four or five songs, and, and he a, has his own awesome thing job. too, right? Yeah, he's a, he's has he's an amazing songwriter, and he has a band called The World Record. Um, we should get them in here. Yeah, you totally should. We'll talk about that afterwards. You you need to have him in. We'll um, have him have our lawyers call his yeah, lawyers. <laughs> yeah, but Andy played drums on like half the record, and then uh, Derek Brown played ha- on a, about half the other songs, and uh, and Rob Douglas played bass on a few. Legend, um, the, the legendary yeah, local, Rob, local Douglas. Legend, legendary Rob local Douglas. legend. Well, Rob Douglas, and then and then Brian and I did most of the rest. But Brian was responsible for bringing in. I mean, Brian kind of made the calls about all those guys. I think. Yeah. You know, Brian was like, "Look, I think Derek would work on this song. Andy would work on this one. Rob will work playing bass on this." That's and a so, lot of trust. I trust him completely. I really implicitly, do. implicitly, and one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah. We had Andy there for the basic tracks, and we did a bunch of songs for about I think two days, two whole days, mm-hmm. and then on the Thursday, uh, on the the third the day. Yeah. Which yeah. On the third day, we brought in Rob and Derek, and had them play to the demos, which oh, was a really cool thing that we had. Uh, I had never done it before. I don't think Ross had done you it either. You talk about using technology. So you had it's, drums uh, playing to drums. Yeah, we had dr- the drum whole. Loops, yeah. no, we had the whole track. Oh, I see. With okay. like a scratch vocal and all the whole backing track, all the keyboards and guitars oh, ended up being on okay. the record. They were from the demo, and we had Rob well, we had those guys and Derek played, play played live to the demo. And the demo was something you did at home. Right. You did like yeah. Ross's house. Yeah. Okay, and you're in Pasadena now. That's right. Yeah. So you're you're a local boy, man. I think you might be I our am. first like actual Pasadena person we've had on the show. I I am. I'm a local boy. Um, and and yeah. So I mean, you you know, talking earlier about making records at your at your house. I mean, a lot of the songs on this record. I mean, I would say I don't know, maybe a third to a half of the record was probably tracked at my house. Yeah. Maybe actually no, definitely at least a half of the record was. So then you took nice. those into the studio, mm-hmm. and then they had musicians went, went into play. a nice, really nice studio uh-huh. and tracked drums there, and then took it back home, did more overdubs, and then went to my producer's place and did vocals and mixed it. Yeah, was this a Pro Tools thing? No, I hate you, Pro Tools. You're a you're a log- I'm a logic you're a logic guy. guy. Yeah. We talked about Pro this Tools last is for time. the birds. Yeah, yeah, I don't like Pro Tools. Okay, tell, although I haven't, tell me I, how haven't really I, I haven't, I haven't tried, I haven't tried Pro Tools nine. So uh-huh. I should I should withhold judgment. Yeah, but. they've they've gotten rid of the whole ivory tower thing. Now you can swap yeah, the, out interfaces. Yeah, the fact the fact that you had to use their their I can't cuss on this, can I? Uh, I would I would appreciate it if you did. Yeah, you, it's, the a, fact it's that you, a family. The show. fact that you had to use their BS proprietary hardware to even open the program, I think, was complete BS. So yeah. uh, I went to Logic. Yeah, somehow they managed to eke out like the like industry standard, though you know. Yeah. But it's I think it's because it's kind of like the same philosophy Apple has with their software hardware, like. Con, you know, conjoined. Well, that's thing. the irony. Is it lo- works? Is the logic? Why, logic, yeah. which is Apple's, you know, right. is completely, you know, and and for years you don't have to have their their hardware to to run that software, right? Right. But uh, but you know, Apple obviously, software and hardware are married at the hip. So, right. Exactly. You know. So let's hear some. Let's hear another track from the record. Um, I mean, why don't you tell me just a little bit about this? This is a song called "Elemental Ways of Speaking." Like, mm-hmm. give me just a little bit of geekery. Like, what do you what what do you like about how what you did when this particular song with with this particular song? I mean, this might be my my one of it's one of my two or three favorite songs on the record. No one else seems to like it, but I think it's amazing. And uh, uh-huh. it's uh, I don't know. It's just really it's there's a lot of stuff going on, but it doesn't. I don't know. I really like the groove. I like the drum track and the bass and um, the bass line. And I like the and Brian was really instrumental in sort of helping me arrange this song. Uh-huh. Um, he had some really great ideas about restructuring it, and I think it's a lot better for it. But so I, I like this one a lot. Do you two like sit down with guitars and write out stuff, or do you kind of bring him an idea and say, "Hey, this is what I'm working on," and he 
kind of focus for these it. songs i think it was it was mostly stuff that i'd already kind of demoed and then okay. he would listen to it and say like look i think you should cut this intro or uh-huh. you know try adding a verse here so he would have those did he get a co-write credit on anything no, no, but I gave him. A, I gave him. A, I gave <laughs> no, him. A, I gave him a producer. I gave him a producer credit. Well, but, and that's but you, not really song. That's not really yeah. songwriting. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I guess I don't know the extent to speaking. which he had done this. Yeah. You know, but you also you let him play in the band for free too. So there's that. Of course, yes, of but, course. <laughs> I got to go on a road trip too. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Does he give you slim jims in the van? Oh, all kinds of things. You yeah. could call it that. He's a great <laughs> producer. Though. I mean, he has really he has really yeah. good instincts about what's working structurally and what's not. So nine out of nine ten nine times out of ten, I would listen to what what he had to say. Yeah, I don't I don't want to make him blush, but he's one of the most exemplary musicians I've ever yeah. met. Oh, he's, thank you. He's pretty thank great. You, fellas. And uh, so with that, the Mutual Admiration Society continues. And let's hear another track from Ross Flournoy's band, Apex Manor. This is Elemental Ways of Speaking on Independence Day. I 
Apex Manor on Independence Day. This is Ross Flournoy. He is the uh, front man and writer and main guy from Apex Manor. We've got him here live in the studio with, along with Brian Whelan, his, his main man, his right-hand man. Does he stand on your right or left when you play? Is he your right-hand man or your left-hand man? I think you're usually to my right, actually. That's right. So he yeah. is, he is he's the right-hand man. Oh, yeah. Funny guy. But when, we, uh, when I play in his band, I'm usually to your left. You ever That's think about right. that? It's weird. Yeah. This is the kind of incisive stuff you can't get anywhere else. What about like, left hand man. Yeah. Our, our <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna leave that right where it is. Uh, We're very this, close. Again, this is the kind of you know incisive, in depth type information you can get nowhere else uh, about bands and, and what, the, what makes it's them the raison d'etre of Independence ah, Day. And another word, and another five dollar word. Yeah, excellent I word. Got a lot of those. We're NPR listeners. We should yeah. we should have a good vocabulary. Although I have to say, about once a week, my buddy Jay writes. He writes me a text and says, "Hey, stop using such language on the air, man. I don't understand what what you're talking about." Hey, tell tell Jay to pick up a dictionary, huh? <laughs> I love I, I love the man. He's he's a good guy. He, he keeps me keeps me in line, or he used to at least back when he was my bass player. Now he keeps me in line from now. He plays. He does yoga more than bass. What kind of trade off hey, is that? That's a that's that's a good trade off, I think. I, I I suppose nothing against yoga. I'm sure it's I'm it's sure like it's crack fantastic. for those people. It you is know? like yeah. crack for those people. Every time, every time I think of yoga, all I can think of is the Sopranos. When the one guy from Sopranos was doing yoga, I think it was Ralphie Cifaretto, and he's like, "I'm doing downward facing dog." <laughs> <laughs> Brian and I were just talking about the Sopranos yesterday. We both are, are big students of that show. Uh, I'm big fan. How about the Wire? Never watched the Wire. Oh, oh that's man, great. I like the Wire too. But Sopranos yeah. is better, I think. You think people so. talk about it. I, I think it's better. I've watched that one more times. I've watched the Wire. The you think the Sopranos more times? I've watched the Sopranos more. Yeah, we could we could do a whole hour it's on deep. You know, really honestly, deep. and and no offense to either of you, but it's like every one of my hipster friends thinks the wires like the greatest thing since sliced bread. They're so just it's, it's kind that. of it's kind of made me, and I think it's because they're all white, and they think because yeah. it's like it's the inner city Baltimore black people. <laughs> you know what, though, man, like, I say that to be cool, but I, I don't think I'm a hipster at all. No, 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 I, and, and I, that's what you know. But but people really get hot for that show, and right. I'm sure it's awesome. I saw one episode and thought it was kind of. BS, but uh, I, I need to I need to see more of it. The Sopranos, Here, I think, is a masterpiece. Here's the, here's the thing about the Wire. Since I, I will give it a one sentence, uh, you know, defense. It is not a show that you can watch one episode and have right. any no, idea no. what they're talking about. Sure. They have plot lines that go over multiple seasons, right. much less multiple episodes in one season. It's unbelievable, but I'm going to leave it there because that would be a whole different show, and right. I'd like to get back to talking about what yeah. we what we hopefully do best, which is the music. So uh, you guys have brought your guitars. I'm going to have you guys play a song here in just a second. And so tell me, just real quick before we get to playing here, tell me a little bit. So we've, we've kind of been alluding to these guys who are in the band. Tell us who what the lineup of this band is and what they're like. You said a lot of them are in other projects. Right. Just give me the quick the quick rundown of what the, what the lineup is of Apex Manor. Um, so Brian, me, and then on keys, Adam Vine, who also, co, uh, as I mentioned earlier, co-writes some songs with me. And then uh, Derek Brown plays drums. Um, Derek used to be in a band called Everest and also plays in Wheelhouse. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, this is our excuse me our touring lineup that I'm speaking of now. Um, but all these guys actually played on the record too. But Andy Creighton on bass, and so Andy okay. has his own project called the World Record. Okay. Um, so that's uh, so Derek Brown, Andy Creighton, Adam Vine, Brian Whelan, and me. Okay, so it's yeah. a five piece, and you five fit piece, you yeah. fit in a van. We do with all the gear, yeah, very comfortable and with the all luggage, the, yeah. with all the gear and the luggage. Yeah. And you guys, um, I was looking at your schedule. You've got looks like uh, is this tour you've got? Uh, it looks like it's about fourteen dates, uh, yeah. spanning from pretty much the first half or you know three quarters of June. 
you're all the way from Toronto to Massachusetts, New York, Philadelphia, you know, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Chicago, yeah. my hometown. Is this something you're doing with the band? Or are you doing this by yourself? I'm doing this solo acoustic, actually. Okay. Yeah, first time ever. Traveling so, light. Traveling light. And I'm opening for this band called Johnny, which is a, a new band on Merge. And it's... Um, uh, it's Norman Blake, who is the, like the main guy in Teenage Fan Club. Oh yeah, yeah. And then um, this other guy named Euros Childs, who's uh, who, he's a Welsh guy who has a band called Gorky's Zygotic Monkey. Um, and it's the two of them, and they're just touring, just the two of them. Okay. Um, even though they made a full band record, and so um, and then it'll just be me. So the van tour with the three of you guys? No, we're taking separate rides. Okay. Um, although if we if we it probably would have made more sense to do it all together, but yeah. uh, travel wise. But no, it's you know, but still, it's just the three three of us doing these 14 shows so sounds like fun yeah i think it will be i'm excited about it okay so uh, you've you've brought guitars uh and it's, it's always great the more musicians the better it makes for a very very fun show more interplay uh would you play something for us maybe play something from the new record or sure. you know it's your choice tell me what you're gonna play and then lay it on us do you well, know do you know what you're going to play or are you still making that up we have a rough idea what do you want to do what do you want to start with what do you think Let's do Teenage Blood okay. from the new record. <laughs> from the new record. All right.
Teenage Blood, Apex Manor, on Independence Day. That was very nice, gentlemen. Thank you so very much. That was great. I wish... I, I wish I had a room full of teenagers who could be screaming right now and like you know, kind of putting back the energy that you're obviously pushing out into the airways, man. <laughs> but I, I, I can't afford I can't afford that kind of payroll right now. Soon enough, my friend. Soon enough. Yeah. Dare to dream. Yeah. Dare to dream. But that was great. Thanks. That was great. And that is, uh, I think is that the, I don't know, the second track, first track on the record. You lead it off sixth. With the, sixth track. Yeah. Okay, sixth so track. The first track yeah. on first side track B. First track on side B. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always sequence my records that way. I yeah. always it's think easy, of them. Easiest way to do it I because think. humans yeah. have to. Di- I think they digest things in chunks. Yeah. And even though the CD kind of did away with that side A side B thing, I've always been a very very strong believer that you, you it's, it's, sequencing is so important. We talked about yeah. this as we were setting up the show here. How you know you. Uh, you know, keys, what key goes from one another. If there's time signature changes, if it's loud, if it's soft, the thematics. I mean, there's so many. It's like an right. art form unto itself. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, oh man, I had a, I had a copy of Boston One when I was in high school on cassette. Yeah. And I, I probably listened to it 20 trillion times right. you know, on my way to school, band practice, whatever. And when I bought my first CD of it, they had changed the order. Really? Because I, what I found out was the order on the cassette was the different order from what the actual order on the LP was. So when I bought the CD, it was the same order from what the LP would have been. Oh. And it drove me bananas. Like yeah. it, it, it ruined the experience yeah. of the record for me forevermore. So and did you, now you did your own sequencing for this, or did, did Brian, you get a vote on this too? Uh, I think you helped out, right? Yeah, you know, I think a couple of people got, got a vote. And and uh, you know you talk to everybody. About I kind of go. I mean, Adam, I go to Adam and along. Brian with all yeah. these decisions. So. And it's it's so easy to do now because you can just pull them all up in iTunes right. and just with a doot 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 drag them exactly. around and say, oh, how does this sound yeah. with that? You know. Yeah. Um, but I but man. I definitely sequenced it like with. Uh, originally, I thought that that we would do it on vinyl. Uh huh. And that uh, that did not come to pass. But, not yet. Uh, well, yeah, and, and probably never. But uh, but that had been the original plan. Was that, well, well, I shouldn't say that. I I, I thought it was going to happen. So I definitely sequenced it with that in mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that would have been the lead-off track of Side 2, exactly. is that what you're saying? Okay, exactly. that's the reason why I was going to say, right. it's ballsy right. to bury a song that would, you know, like that up-tempo right. next track Yeah, six. that was going to be Unless the... that's the slow song. No, some that, bands was, that, could be. that was going to be the start of Side B. Yeah. Okay, which I, which is key. That's an anchor position yeah. on a record. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're drawing people back in at that point. Yeah, you're hoping to. There you're was hoping a, to. There was a cool idea for this record. I remember Ross oh, yeah. talking yeah. about it early on, about how the, the record was supposed to be sequenced like a day in the life of a drunkard. And so the first half is the part of the day where he's waking up and there's a bad hangover and then a lot of kind of these kind of negative feelings. Uh-huh. And then the second half of the day starts drinking at like, you know, five. Five. Or two. Or whatever, whatever time it is. <laughs> well, no, because that's, that's why Teenage Blood is the beginning of, of side B. Okay. Because it's kicking off and it's like the first drink of the day and you're feeling really good. Okay. And Under the Gun was the first song. And it, wait, or no, I'm sorry. Southern, Southern, Southern Decline, Decline is the first song. Which is the song about alcoholism. And that one right. and then and Under the Gun both are just like, uh, you know, kind of hangover, yeah. bad vibe kind of songs, lyrically speaking. Not that we'd know anything about hangovers or no. And, 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 and actually, and Joe, 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 you're getting some really prep, like some really sort of exclusive stuff right now. And I don't think we've ever told anyone that story about sequence how how that was that was the sort of. Well, that's the whole point, man. That's the, that's, it's that was the idea. It was supposed to sound like you woke up yeah. with a really and so. And Brian actually, the, the way the album starts with Southern Decline, it's really cacophonous and horrible sounding. Uh-huh. And so it's supposed to be that you're waking up and feel horrible, and then and then like Brian said, you know, uh-huh. you start drinking. And start that's a very bad. clever way to sequence an album. I like that. No one really is ever going to know that. And uh, well, the secret's you know, out now, man. The secret's out now, right? But but yeah, so. That's clever, and that's cool. We want you know thought going into these things. I think is a good thing. You yeah. know, thoughtful. Yeah. Uh, I think well, it makes a better experience for the listener. Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah. 
And so when people, to get this record, uh, they're, they're going to get this record. Um, are you on iTunes? Are you selling it through your website? Of course, you're selling it at shows. Like, what's the, what's the best place to get the record? Uh, I mean, iTunes. Indie, indie stores? Yeah, indie stores, uh, Amazon, um, um, you know, anywhere. In LA, it's at Amoeba. Yeah, at Amoeba. Uh, probably, Amoeba. Like, uh, is that place called Footprints, Fingerprints? What's the place called? Yeah, Long I mean, Mer- Merge has a really good relationship with all the, in, like, well, the, the Remaining, I don't know. Are nine, they in like the national indie stores, t- like Water? What's the Waterloo oh yeah, and, yeah. We did Austin. a Waterloo Day party at Austin, and it's been featured there. And so it's like whatever the nine or ten record stores that are left in America, um, you can find it there. Yeah, but other than that, um, just get, go to Amazon or iTunes. And the website is pretty much straight up apexmanner.com. Correct. Yeah, and there's just some pictures of my cats on there. Uh, I can't really buy the record through the cat, that site. I, I saw that picture. The cat has more money than I do. Yeah. I noticed that straight yeah, me away. Too. Me too. I tried, to, I tried to get some of that money from my cat, and she Cats said no. are shifty that way, man. I'm yeah. telling you. you She's been burying, burying it in the yard. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Or, or or eating it and throwing it back up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that happened today. All right, so let's let's uh, let's let's play some more music. Tell me what this is going to be. I mean, it's your it's your choice. I'm I'm very happy that you guys are here. I'm happy you guys brought your guitar. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned Boston earlier. We wanted to do more than a feeling. Is that all right? Of course. No, I'm kidding. We can't. You actually, we probably could do that. If you, you know, can, we were, I would like to see someone try to sing like Brad Dell. Brian, you'd probably Brian, Brian, Brian could do could it. Probably yeah. do it pretty close. Uh, I don't think this is the time or the place for that. Uh, we haven't had enough. Uh, Enough brewskis yet? I don't think is yeah. a big part of it. We'll do. Uh, it's, right. it's early yet for. Brad That's a Dell. little bit like doing karaoke. Yeah. We'll do. Uh, we'll do uh, another song on the record called Party Line. And you know what? Let's let's we'll ditch the uh, the intro. We'll just start. You want to ditch the bridge too? No. Okay. We'll do that.
Very nice. That's like a Beatles chord there at the end almost. It is indeed. Yeah, very it's a nice. Sixth. What's little our little hat tip to the <laughs> Did you say George? Yeah. George that's copyright Dean Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> little hat tip to the Beatles there. Very nice. Yeah, well you can't if you're gonna steal, steal from the best, man. That's what I always say. Yeah. That's good Better advice. than stealing from the Dave Clark five. Uh, yeah. No offense to those guys. Ouch. They have some hot jams. Yeah. Sorry. I need a bell. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, brothers. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. David. As great as, great as he is. Yeah. Or they, or uh, whatever they are. But thank you. That was great. That was really, and that's on the new record as well, correct? Right. Right. Um, so I, it's great. It's great to have you guys here playing live. You know, if we've got a legion of fans. We've got people listening, you know, uh, Central Time Zone, hopefully Eastern Time Zone. Uh, we're gonna after the show is done, we're gonna have you guys do some web exclusive extra tunes. So be sure, you know, those of you out there in our listening audience, check back. Go to joearmstrong.com/id. That's capital ID for Independence Day, where you can hear Ross and Brian play some extra songs uh, for you there. And we're gonna one of these days we'll have some video on there too. We are videotaping tonight. We are multimedia here on Independence Day. So what's uh, you know what's you got this tour coming up? When's the next time you're playing locally? Um. Do you know? Is anything scheduled locally? TBD. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Wheelhouse is doing a show July 3rd? Yes, that's right. July 3rd. We're going to play Tito Ortega's Backyard Party. Nice. Those are fun. Parties. We did it last summer. It was, a, it was a great deal of fun. Those gigs are good because, like, you know, you, you get involved in music and, like, the... the um, the production of what you're doing seems to get bigger and bigger as you go through these things. And it's nice. I mean, I find it great to show up and play shows like this where it's like a couple of guitars, vocals. You're not even plugging in. Right. It's nice. It's like real music, I think. You yeah. Know? Do you guys enjoy it as much as I do, I hope? I love, I love it. it. You know, it's it's funny. Brian and I actually, uh, we, today we spent uh, we spent a good part of the afternoon playing Mellencamp songs. And ah. I'm not even kidding. On my on my porch, we played, uh, I shouldn't say a good party. We did, we did Hurt So Good and... Pink Houses. We did a little bit of the Authority song. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we couldn't remember all of that one. Yeah, but yesterday we did we did some or day before. He and I just get a kick out of just singing together and playing guitars and doing covers yeah. at home. So I've got know. a couple of friends like that. Unfortunately, they don't live in Los Angeles. You yeah, know, I've got friends when they come to town. My buddy Tony, great, great, great friend of mine. Tony, if you're listening, thank you for listening. Great Thanks, musician. Tony. Yeah, and he came out in the fall. He actually came out to look at guitar amps. I took him around town. We went to what's the place in, in Santa Monica, the fancy guitar store. Oh, True Tone. Went to True Tone. Yeah. Went down to. Uh, Check out some other places around town. I actually ended up buying one of Joe Morgan's amps. He makes amps down by Seal Beach. Fantastic Vox-style amps. And, is that um, Hayseed? I'm sorry? Hayseed? What Hayseed you... 30? Is that what his company? No? No. There's some Vox clone called Hayseed 30. It's no, awesome. it's, it's, no, it's called Morgan. His, oh, you know, it's called, okay. Names his you last guys name. are telling me there's more than one Vox clone out there? <laughs> yeah. I know, man. I hate to break it to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the thing. The, the good thing about the Vox clones is they're at least they're new and like a lot of them are made by small companies, so when the thing blows up, you can take it back to somebody. Yeah. Like God help you if your actual Vox blows up. Now, I mean, if it's an old one, sure, but if like the new ones, they're all circuit boards and they're 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 junky. Yeah, you might yeah. as well throw it away. They're disposable, as far as I can yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Enough geek talk about amps. But in, in, in any case, I think we just lost all the listeners. We got we a lot have, of amps. No, we got you know we, <laughs> got we have some some gearheads listening. Some musicians right. listening. It's yeah. kind of it's it's a part and parcel to the to the the show. Well, feel free to ask any questions. You know, if you want to know about any of the amps I used on the record. Yeah, I love uh, yeah. Are we gonna have listener listener questions? You know we. We, we haven't incorporated listener calls because it's, you know, right at this point, it's all we can handle to get everything and get the show, get the show up and running, up and running right. every yeah. week. But I would like to incorporate that down the road. And if I do, I will, of course, have you guys back so you yeah. can take listener calls. Sure, that would be great. Um, but, yeah, well, I mean, I'm an amp geek. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a gear geek in general. I mean, I, I love tone and old guitars and things like that. Let me tell you about Tony real first before we dive into that whole thing because we could talk about that for like six hours. Right. After all was said and done, it was, um, it was a three-day weekend last fall. 
and it was the Sunday night. Like we'd had a barbecue and we had some friends over and like everybody left at like 1030 and it was just me and Tony hanging around drinking beers and we were both kind of tired, but I was like, you know, this is our, really our only shot because you fly back to Chicago tomorrow. This is our only shot to sit around and play guitars. So we got out a couple more beers and started at like 11, and we must have played till 4 or 5 in the morning. Oh, yeah. Just like you guys did with the yeah. Mellencamp songs. Played every song we knew yeah. and then cycled back around and started playing them again. <laughs> I haven't had so much fun yeah. in forever. I never get to do that yeah. anymore because when I had bands out here, it was like we were always rehearsing for a gig or like working on new tunes for the record or whatever. Just to sit and play is an absolute it's joy. It's a joy, yeah. What, what, absolute Brian, joy. what were we doing the other day? We did a we did a we were visiting someone's uh someone's catalog. Who was that? Mm, uh good question, Ross. I don't remember. I know that yeah, today was Mellencamp. Today was Mellencamp for sure, uh, but gosh. And he's great was. because he's got lots of catchy songs, they're not too complicated to play. Yeah. Um but they're well constructed songs. He's a great writer, he's but, a great but we writer. were talking he's he's he seems like a total clown, you know, as a as a human being. But uh but he has some great well, songs. But it seems like know. maybe a lot of our a lot of our heroes are probably heroes clowns. Are clowns. Well, yeah. well do you know, you know his know. you know his nickname, right? A douchebag? No, no. He has no. It's, it's similar. He has a very, That's very his pet name. <laughs> yeah, his uh, he, it, renowned throughout the industry, and he got it because every time he'd go to the record label, like they'd fly him out to L.A. and he'd go into the Capitol Records building or whatever, and like when he'd leave, they'd be like, "Oh, is that little bastard here?" Because he's, <laughs> he's kind of a short guy. Yeah, he's a little. So, the, the, yeah. the, so he's kind of embraced this now, and he kind of he's he's kind of referred to himself as the little bastard. And he's earned it. I'll tell you something I've learned in life, Joe, is don't ever trust short people. Think so? Yeah. What is, does that count women? Uh, no, women are women are excluded from that. Don't trust short men. I just want to say, John, if you're listening, I don't have anything to do with any of this stuff. This Who's is John? A, John Mellencamp. No, own, own it up. You were saying earlier you thought he was a dick too, but no, anyway, I said I heard he was a dick. Right, but uh, don't trust. Very different. Don't trust short dudes. Randy Newman was right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I I am a big fan of Mellencamp, and I, I haven't listened to anything that he, he's put out recently. That's I mean, a good I, thing. Yeah. I but but he's still he's he's a good artist. He's a great I, artist. Is maybe I don't know. I mean that 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 word is so uh, so flexible. But uh, well, he's a painter. He's a, he's a uh, right. He's a great songwriter. Yeah. At, at times, he has yeah. a, he has some really awesome songs. Like I mean, when we were playing, we played Pink Houses today, and it sounded it's just yeah. two guitars, and it's a great. He's song, a poet, you know. You know? He's again, a father. Again, I don't I don't know about he's that. He's a father, a family man, a lover. Right. right. Will you do? Will you do just <laughs> and a Hoosier? Will you do a second ah! of the impression, please? No, please. No. Come on, man. Brian does an awesome oh, come on, impression. Man. Come on, this is your now's, show, man. You do the impression. Now's your big <laughs> chance. Come on, can do it. Do I'll do a little bit, but you guys aren't gonna like it, all right? Can we can we play just a little bit of Pink Houses? <laughs> man, lay it on me, right. man. Yeah. Oh, an A. Where does people and more people? Oh, what do they know? No, no. Go to work and somehow rise. Yeah, it's the ooh, yeah, that's what makes it, man. <laughs> I guess him every time. I I've done it there's a hundred, hundreds of times now. <laughs> same thing, same verse. I tell you what, man, some jokes. <laughs> this is why, that's why I love him so much. Great. Some, some jokes never Everyone get old. Everyone else in my man. life is like, just shut up. Will you shut up, please? And he's like, will you do it again? You know what, man, Brian? I, we need more laughter in the world. You know, Let we, me tell you, nobody we, nobody on this planet makes me laugh the way this guy can. We've, we've got enough people trying to make the world harder a place to yeah. live in. And you know, anything I can do to, to spread the love and make the world a better place. Brian, if you're doing your part, man, I'm all for it. So, all right, let's. Why don't we, we talk a little bit about you? You know, bringing back a broken West tune before. Yeah. Would you guys be willing to throw something on us from? Tell, tell us what record this is from, and 
And uh, you know, what was your life, real quick? What was your life like when uh, when you guys wrote this? Well, uh, this is uh, from our first record. Um, this is a, a song called "Down in the Valley," and I wrote this in Austin, Texas, with my friend Scott Clausen in 2003, which seems like a, a lifetime ago. Uh, we were in a park together. We were trying to write a song that sounded like the Jayhawks, and it ended up oh, sounding one of my favorites. Nothing like the Jayhawks, which was good, you know. But uh, well, now actually, it's come full, full circle. It's going to sound like Jay, the Jayhawks now. But they have a new record. Actually, they do. I saw that very yeah, soon. I'm excited about that. Um, so yeah, this is this is down in the valley. How did I do this the other day? Well, I know that when you played it. You didn't play the B That's chord. That's right. Yeah, but I, just, I can't remember how it started. But it doesn't matter. Just you know, let me set it up. Some bastard son who's sure make you smile Came in off the Rio Grande One buffalo nickel in his hand Sun down, blood rising now It feels alright No one feels the darkness down in My feelings like the Dutchman has his gold Deep in the canyon by the river that runs cold Hundred years and fifty missions These are men in poor condition Oh, son, down blood arising now No one feels the darkness down in the valley tonight Oh, sundown, blood rides now, it feels alright No one feels the darkness down in the valley Sun down, blood rising now. It 
Ross Flournoy and Brian Whelan on Independence Day. That was really, really nice, guys. Thank you for going, taking us back to uh, that's, uh, the, that, that strangely titled record. What was that record called? I Can't Go <coughs> I can't On. I Can't Go I'll On, I'll Go On. Yeah. And I've always wondered, I've always meant to ask you, I've known you for quite some time, what is the, what is, where does that name come from? It's the name, uh, it's a Samuel Beckett quote, and it's from a, like a compendium of his works. It's, a, it's like an anthology, um, and it's called that. Okay. And it was a, a, a book that my girlfriend had from college, and I just always thought the title was really funny. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was, he's like an existentialist sort of, you know, getting all, getting all up in that business uh, about whether, whether we should go on or not. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and I just liked it. So, when, again, when, when it came down to the wire for, uh, for us to pick a title... Um, I always like to save things till the very last minute, and um, I don't like to do that. It's just the way I do it, and uh, and like that title, so that's what it was. Sometimes pressure breeds inspiration. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing I'd like to actually add about that particular version of that song, I mean, those of you who know the and our listening audience who know the uh, Broken West version of that song, it's a lot more up-tempo. It's kind of a rave-up kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, a great, great song, you know, yeah. one of my favorite songs you guys have done uh, in any of the bands. And I think it's a hallmark of, a, of an accomplished musician or a good musician who can take a song and kind of smash it apart and then reassemble it in a new way. You know, it's not like you're playing the exact same thing on right. acoustic guitars. You've actually re, uh, kind of reimagined that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really cool. I mean, it, it, it makes the, it gives something extra to the listener, uh, makes them, it gives them something more. Yeah. You know, which is, it's, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. So thank you very much for sharing with us. And thank you for coming in tonight, sharing all your gifts with us. Both of you guys, very, very talented. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I wish you the best of luck on your tour out there. So are you going to get lonely out there for two weeks by yourself? No, I or? have some buddies coming along. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. And you do, are you going to see friends along the way? Oh, yeah, definitely. One of my favorite things about touring is like I, I always wind up seeing people I haven't seen in forever. Yeah. You know, which is which is which is really, really fun. And if you're a musician, you like you meet friends, people kind of move out. They're like, what's that Neil Young quote? My leaves are, or my my friends are spread out like leaves from an old maple. Yeah. They're like everywhere. Yeah. Like I go to go to Chicago. I have friends there. I go to Cleveland. I have friends there. I go yeah. to Nashville, Miami, Atlanta, up the Pacific Northwest, everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's a nice thing about to catch up with yeah. people. Yeah. And if your friends are like mine, it's like you fall right into the same pattern. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. Grab, you grab a pint and it's all right back. You yeah, pick back up right where you left off. Yeah, exactly. So uh, real quick, uh, you know, being you've got a tour coming up, one of my favorite questions to ask musicians, like what, uh, you know, what do you like about the road and what do you don't like about the road? Um, I think I like what I like about the road is like everything you just said about being able to see people. That, uh, you know, friends from college or just friends from my past that I don't see, you know, who live in different parts of the country. And so I don't get to see them very often. Um, and then, I mean, doing the shows is always fun. Um, so actually playing. I mean, kind of everything else about it can not can be bad or can be sort of a drag. Uh, you know, traveling and, you know, dealing with that kind of, like, living out of a suitcase is yeah. not always that much fun. But um, the tours that we've done in Apex Manor have been really, really a lot of, a lot of fun. Uh-huh. And, I, and I, I attribute that to the collection of guys that we have yeah it's just been a it's a really good group of dudes and it's just fun to be with and them, you, so. you guys aren't going out for super long stints well that's you? also maybe part of why i've enjoyed it too because yeah we, we did like the touring that we've done so far has been kind of like in two or three week bursts yeah as opposed to being out for five or six weeks that's which, pretty excuse me that's pretty common nowadays i found yeah. at least at this level yeah i mean the types of bands like you have to almost you have to get to a certain level where you're you have the even the option to kind of live on the road and it's a very big choice to make right. too you know, I know um, even guys who tour a lot. Josh Ritter, I know, tours a lot. Right. Um, and he'll go out for pretty long periods of time, I think. And then you get to the big period where then it becomes a money machine. 
you know, when you're in the bus. We right. talked about this when Brian was here. That was like the big thing. You know, right. getting get in the bus. Like when you're on the bus, then you've got really high overhead, so you have to stay on tour for a longer time just to cover your nut. Right. You know. Right. So. Um, Again, uh, it's it's great. I wish you the best of luck on your thank tour. You. you know, thank you for coming in, sharing your gifts. I like the music you make. I wish you guys had a local show I could plug, but there isn't. So be sure to yeah. let me know. I'll plug it on the show for sure. Um, and you've actually introduced uh, or introduced me to Angela Correa, who's our guest next week here right. on Independence Day. Angela Correa, that little video they did, yeah, for the they're, they're self financing cool. the yeah. new record. I'm really curious to talk to them and see how that that's coming along. Yeah. So made the cutest video I've seen all year. Yeah, it's like, pretty neat. And yeah. I, I don't know what other word to use for it other than cute. Yeah, it's it's really it's clever and it's yeah, really it's, it's very, like well done also, and you know it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. She's a she's a smart, creative little lady, you know. Yeah, is she from out here? Do you know? Um, I think Angie's from Northern California. Yeah, Yuba City. Yuba City. Yeah, <laughs> a strange, the strangely named Yuba City. Yeah, exactly. So again, Brian Ross, thank you so much for coming on Independence Day tonight. Thanks for having us, Joe. And you guys are going to stick around. So those of you who are going to be checking back with the website. Uh, I'm going to have these guys stick around for just a little bit longer. We're going to do a couple web-exclusive songs, so check the joearmstrong.com uh, slash ID website to pick up those tunes sometime later. Also, some video will be up one of these days when we get around to editing it. We're kind of a small shop here, so the work, uh, there is no uh, division of labor. It's all me. So when it gets done, when it gets done, it's done. It's up on the web. So, again, thank you, gentlemen. It's been wonderful. Thanks a lot. Uh, next week on Independence Day, as I said, Angela Korea and her band Koreatown, they join us to talk about self-financing the record before they've recorded it. Uh, thanks to Ross Flournoy, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski, and to Valentina Rivera and engineers Will Beeston and Jesse Lopez from Lancer Radio. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another. Put